Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Dave V., Jared W., and Mike P. Michael Hopley is on the show today. Michael is Director, President, and CEO of Arzaga Metals, a Russia-focused copper-silver explorer advancing the Unkur project in East Russia. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol AZR and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol E-U-U-N-F. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Good morning, Andrew. Well, thanks for coming on, Michael. Uh, you're probably new for our audience, for, or at least for most of them. Uh, can you give us a little bit on your background and, and what you have been doing in this natural resource business? Uh, sure. I, uh, I'm a geologist. I, um, with many years of experience, I actually graduated in a, with a degree in geology from London University in 1970, so uh, almost 50 years ago. Um, and I have a, a wide-ranging career, but in the last uh, 20 or 25 years, I've been associated with a variety of junior companies, uh, particularly based in Vancouver, um, and have uh, operated uh, uh, exploration projects uh, all over the world, in uh, a lot in Latin America, and um, of course, North America, and more recently in Africa. Um, the Azaga project, the Encore project, is my first foray into, into Russia. So that's my uh, an overview of my uh, of my career. I um, uh, my most recent uh, position was with a company called Sunridge Gold. We had a, a large project in Eritrea uh, from 2004, uh, and we sold the project to a large Chinese company in 2016, and I became somewhat retired at that point, but have uh, got very enthusiastic about this Encore project of Azaga uh, and have come back from retirement to uh, to manage the company. So that's a, a quick, brief history of my background. And Michael, can you share with us some of the other companies that you, you were with uh, in those in those years as well? I understand you're with BMA Gold as well at some point. I was. I was VP Exploration for Beamer Gold and some of the associated companies we had, like Arizona Star, from about 1990 to 97. Um, and we were very uh, operational in, in Chile. Uh, we, during that period, discovered and exploited the, uh, the Refugio project, a, a large uh, Gold copper project in uh, in uh, in Chile, and the, the Cerakasali project as well, which is now one of the largest undeveloped copper gold projects, uh, gold copper projects, I should say, in the world. Um, so that was some very good experience. I have been on the board of um, 
Azaga Metals and previous companies, European Uranium and Tornigan Gold, for since I think about 2002. So I'm, I think, the longest serving director on, on the board of, of this company. Um, so that's my more recent experience. And what is your take on where we are today in the natural resource business uh, in general? Um, how do you see investor sentiment at this level? And how about appetite to look at projects that have things like copper and silver in them? Well, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, the resource business is in not in good shape from a junior company perspective. Uh, raising money for projects um, wherever they are is very challenging and has been challenging for a long time. And I don't see too much changing in that situation. I think the Azaga project, the Uncle project, the combination of copper and silver is a, is a pretty good combination, particularly in these, in these dire times of difficulty to raise money. Um, because their 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 industrial use and and the support they get, you know, copper is often taken as a proxy for uh, world economic um, uh, activity, and and uh, so it has m many many industrial uses, and um, silver somewhat likewise. Uh, but yes, these these are definitely challenging times uh, for junior companies uh, raising money, and it's no secret that Azaga uh, has had uh, trouble raising money uh, for the Uncle project uh, because of the general market malaise, uh, but also um, the view of uh, the, the, the political situation between Russia and the rest of the world hasn't, hasn't helped that situation. Um, so we acquired the project in 2016, were able to raise money and do the first phase of drilling. And the results were very impressive, although we had then had difficulty raising money to continue with the project. So there's been somewhat of a lull in the project uh, for the last couple of years. But uh, the recent um, financing we have through Baker Steel has enabled us to uh, get going again. And um, that's what I'd like to talk about. Right. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you about that in Russia here in just a moment. From an investor perspective, Michael, looking at the broad market still, um, are there any thoughts or ideas you would tell investors about this market at this point? Uh, what's what's your thought and, and how should investors kind of look at this market at this current stage? Well, I think, uh, you know, like in all um, uh, markets, there's, there's, there's if you look at it differently, there's plenty of opportunities. Um, you know, uh, there's there's a, a lot of junior companies out there that actually um, they're having trouble raising money at the moment and have done for the last uh, handful of years. But many of them, and I'd include Azaga in this, of course, um, have uh, some really impressive assets that they have not been able to move forward. So as always, I think from a, an investor point of view, looking for companies with real projects, I mean, projects that really have some upside potential and a solid management team, of course. Uh, but that I think, and sp 
certainly if you, if you have patience can really uh, pay off uh, from an investor point of view. And again, Zaga would fit all those uh, all those criteria. Well, let's let's talk about the company. Give us a little bit on key management. Tell us about the capital structure and also the key shareholder backing. Right. Um, the company um, has been around in this form since uh, uh, early or late 2015. Um, the the management team. Uh, uh, Alex Molyneux is uh, is chairman of the company, and Alex is a major shareholder. And Alex has a, a you know a background of 20 years or so in the in the industry. Uh, I've recently become president CEO of the company, um, specifically to to uh, manage the current situation with the the activity we're doing. Um, we have uh, Blake Steele, as you know, as a as a director of the company. Uh, Vladimir Pokhomov um, is a is a Russian director of the company. And um, recently, uh, we have uh, added uh, Dr. Sasha Yakubchuk as VP Exploration. Um, he's a key element to what we're doing. He's a well-known doctor of geology, uh, Russian. Um, lives in London at the moment, and um, he's uh, very key to our management team and, and moving this project forward. And, and Michael, uh, can you share a little bit about the uh, the capital structure and also the shareholder backing? Uh, I think you covered some of that, but tell us a bit about the capital structure, you know, maybe cash, shares out, et cetera. Uh, we have uh, approximately 90, nine zero million shares uh, outstanding. Management and board of directors own about 37% of that, so a very uh, high percentage of that. Um, the big thing for Azaga is that since the spring this year, we have uh, a $3 million convertible loan from Baker Steel. Baker Steel is, uh, uh, some of your listeners may have heard that they're, they're a financing house based in London. And um, they have looked at, uh, as I was saying, from an investor's point of view, looking for junior companies that have projects with big upsides, uh, but have un been unable to raise money and advance the projects. So they have given us a $3 million convertible loan. Um, that has allowed us uh, to continue exploration. And that, um, you know, that's based on the fact that uh, this project has a very obvious upside potential and, and not reflected in the current share price, uh, which is, uh, uh, depending on the day, eight or nine cents Canadian. Um, and so uh, that $3 million convertible loan um, is, is enabling us to move forward to, uh, with, with the object of increasing the size of the project um, uh, as much as possible. Okay. And uh, with the convertible loan, at, at what share price can they convert into shares? Uh, it's convertible at $0.14. Cents. And they have options convertible at 17 cents. So if you do all the math and they exercise all the, uh, the the convertible loan and the warrants, they would own 
35 percent or something of something like that of, of the company so you can see from their point of view if we're successful in in demonstrating that the uncle project um, is much bigger than we currently see then this is uh, you know a super investment from from their point of view and and they you know they they are pretty sophisticated people and they've looked I know at a lot of projects worldwide and this is the one one of the ones that they have chosen for this kind of investment and and how about uh, where management is uh, and, and alignment with shareholders at the current price levels now I know you mentioned there's a pretty substantial uh, management uh, shareholding are you guys uh, around this price as far as where you've participated or higher or lower or where are you guys at there uh, well, lower than the current share price. Uh, I couldn't tell you uh, exactly what the, what the entry price was, but uh, less than, than the current share price. And uh, although management has also um, loaned the company money, uh, and that's a convertible loan as well. So uh, that's built into the, uh, or, or would be built into the ownership level. And can you tell us, tell the audience a little bit about how you guys are handling your, your general and administrative expenses during these kind of nasty market times? What are you guys doing there to kind of keep the capital structure uh, healthy? Good point, Andrew. I mean, we have really um, kept the overheads really to a minimum, particularly during this difficult time of having very little money for the last two years. We, uh, you know, we don't have flashy offices in Vancouver. In fact, we have a shared office space in Vancouver. Uh, directors are not paid salaries. Um, we've really cut things down to a, a minimum. I was in Russia recently visiting the project and everything we have in Russia is shared office space and minimalistic uh, uh, salaries to keeping things bubbling along. But uh, Everything is very low overhead for us and has been for a number of years now. Even with this loan, of course, this is $3 million in the exploration business, especially the size of this project, is not a lot of money. So we've had to cut to the bone to make this work. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly good. And, and I think it reflects a, a good, good position, um, especially in the market times that we're in and the sentiment that's out there. So if, if possible, Michael, can you warm investors up to Russia? What is the opportunity that you're seeing here, and why should investors risk their capital in Russia? Well, the, the world needs copper uh, uh, in all the industrial applications that we, we know of. Um, and the exploration business has changed, of course, in the last few years, and the source of copper uh, has been, and arguably still is, uh, large porphyry systems, um, particular geological type of deposit, particularly in Chile and Latin America. This is where the bulk of the world's copper has come from. But uh, changing exploration views has found that it, some of the largest undeveloped copper projects in the world happen to be quite different geologically and happen to be sediment-hosted uh, deposits. And so, um, if Russia happens to host uh, a very large uh, uh, area uh, in the Transbaikal area, northeast Transbaikal area in Siberia, that has is becoming known for uh, some very large new deposits that have been discovered. Um, 
uh, in particular the Udakan deposit, which is only 30 kilometers away from uh, the Onkor project. I mean, this is the largest copper deposit in Russia, period, and is the third largest undeveloped copper project in the world. So with this and other deposits that have been discovered in this area, um, a lot of people are turning their attention to this part of Siberia. Um, and actually, you know, Russia has a, a, a particular encouraging um, legal uh, format for encouraging developments in Siberia. Uh, there's a, a, a low uh, royalty rates that the government have and, and financial incentives for development. So uh, from that point of view, it, it's actually a, an ideal place to be uh, to be operating. It's true that uh, from a political point of view, you know, things with the Western world and Russia are not getting along particularly well at the moment, but um, that doesn't uh, deter us or make life difficult in any way at all from, from an operational standpoint. It's like, uh, from my point of view, having operated in all different jurisdictions over the world, the Russia is one of the easiest ones to work in from that point of view. Right. Yeah, I think there. I think there's a good point that you brought up there, and uh, you know, we'll see see what happens. And there's certainly other jurisdictions I can think of that don't necessarily get along with the West either, but are have have been proven to be uh, fairly good jurisdictions uh, for mining. Um, so, give us a little bit more on the. Uh, the project. Uh, give us an update and tell us. Tell us too. You know, give us give us kind of a surroundings. Uh, how's how's the infrastructure nearby the project? Uh, kind of give the audience an overview and then also give us an update on where we are today. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, the project is uh, not in super remote areas you might imagine in Siberia. It's actually uh, a pleasant uh, forty-five minute drive from a town of, of Nueva Chara which is a new town um, built, purpose-built by the Russians for developing the BAM uh, railway. So it's on a, it's very close to railway connections. It's close to, close to a local town. When I was there, we stayed in a decent motel, uh, uh, you know, decent food and so on. It's actually, from an infrastructure point of view, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, the project itself, the Uncor project itself, the copper mineralized, copper silver mineralization was discovered by the Soviet Geological Survey in the 1950s and 1960s. They were doing uh, countrywide exploration and they did uh, sampling and trenching and even some limited drilling on the project in the 1960s. Uh, there's a very large outcrop of the mineralization in Uncor Creek, which is the first place I went to visit. And that's, uh, you know, an obvious location to start from. Um, they estimated from that work that they had something in the order of 143 million tons of, of good grade copper and good grade silver uh, on the on the project, which it, it nowadays would equate to something in the order of two million tons of copper equivalent. Um, and so we, uh, as Arga, were able to acquire the project in 2016. Um, and uh, through the Baker Steel uh, Agreement, uh, convertible loan agreement that I referred to before. And this um, 
uh, and this has enabled us to move the project forward. In 2016, the first money that we raised, we were able to do the first modern exploration on the Encore property. Uh, we did a lot of mapping, trenching, and four and a half thousand meters of drilling, 16 drill holes. So 16 of you know the first modern drill holes on the property. And we had some very impressive results. We went um, into uh, a, a resource estimate, independent resource estimate, and then uh, a second uh, resource estimate in 2016 with a preliminary economic assessment showing that we've got 62 million tons uh, of ore uh, on the property at an average grade of 0.53% copper and 38 grams per ton of silver. And um, on, a, on a copper equivalent basis, you know, making the, uh, the copper value enhanced by the value of the, of the silver, uh, that's uh, 558,000 tons of, of copper equivalent. Um, but in that, in that uh, uh, brief period of exploration, 2016, uh, we managed to drill just a small portion of, of the property. The, the, the strike length of the mineralization as mapped by the Soviets was just less than three and a half kilometers, uh, was, was over five kilometers, I should say. And we were able to drill uh, about, only about three and a half uh, kilometers of, of that uh, strike. And you'll see in a recent news release, our recent news releases, we have uh, the first thing we've done there is um, run geophysical surveys, uh, magnetic and uh, induced potential uh, uh, surveys, uh, because this mineralization has a distinct signature uh, uh, that we get from the magnetics in particular. So uh, we, we think the targets now are becoming very obvious to expand uh, the resource uh, with, the, with the, the current financing through Baker Steel. And um, this uh, money will allow us to drill uh, something in the order of 6,000 meters of drilling. The first hole started yesterday, actually. Um, and we will be drilling um, all through the winter, uh, which is, by the way, the choice of the drillers. So because of the, the terrain and the muddy conditions in the summer, the drillers prefer to drill in the winter in this part of Siberia, oddly enough. And so we, 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 the results, first results will probably get towards the end of the year, but um, the drilling program will continue uh, through into March with intermittent results coming uh, from that drilling. And can you give us, uh, what are the plans uh, over the next two years? Can you tell us about where you guys are going to go with uh, resource estimation and also, you know, advancement timeline? Can you give us a little bit of, of uh, information on what the plans are going out a couple of years? Sure. Um, I mean, really, the big objective is to make the UNCO deposit bigger, much bigger. Um, and so we're doing everything we can and using every dollar we have access to to do just that so um the drilling will happen over the next six months with results coming out and, and i think some very impressive results my guess is based on previous drilling results we will get some very impressive results from this drilling and show that the deposit uh, in the next 
six months or so, will show the deposit to be much bigger. By next summer, um, say the middle of 2020, uh, we expect to be in a position to have an updated resource calculation. Um, we've got other work going on, metallurgical work uh, in particular, that will demonstrate the, uh, the, 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 the methods by which the, the copper and silver will be recovered from, from the ore. Um, so during 2020 will be a, a very um, uh, important year for Azaga and the Encore project. And I'm hoping in that time, we have some very impressive drill results showing that the, that the, that the project is much larger than it currently is, and to have a, a new independent uh, resource estimate done during that time. Okay, and is and is the company looking at other assets, or is this uh, project really going to be the the focus going forward? Um, th this project is going to be um, the focus going forward. Uh, having said that. We are always on the lookout for other uh, projects uh, in a low-key kind of way because uh, one of the possibilities here is that we end up finding a partner for the project or a buyer for the project that would enable us to, uh, to follow another project uh, moving forward. But this is our main thing at the moment. But yes, to answer your question, we, we are always looking at other projects. We especially think that we have uh, an, in, an edge on projects in this part of Russia. We have a very talented Russian crew who know this area very well. Um, and so we keep our eye out for other projects, particularly in that area. Okay. And Michael, can you, for the audience who might not be familiar uh, or maybe is not up to date with, with the news releases, um, but has looked at your guys' website, uh, can you outline for us the status of the Kuriskova uranium project? Uh, well, there isn't any status really. I mean, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, the project exists, but we don't have an interest in it anymore. There was a, a legal ruling in Slovakia, I'm not sure when, a, a few months, a year ago, maybe six months ago, uh, where uh, this was in the court system in Slovakia and the courts basically supported the governments n uh, not renewing the licenses. So there is no interest anymore that we have in that. Okay, and and I think you alluded to it a little while ago. So so with the, the Uncovered project, um, are you guys really looking to build on that discovery, make the deposit larger, advance that in a, in a potential for a buyout, or is it something you guys are looking to advance even further, uh, potentially to a construction decision, or what's what, what's your ultimate end goal here? Well, it's pretty clear that this project is of a scale that it, it, it almost certainly won't be uh, Azaga's role to build the project. Uh, our ideal scenario is making the project significantly larger and finding a partner or a buyer for the project that would um, that would take the project forward. We've already had some, uh, you know, some interest in in that scenario, and that I'm sure will will continue. Uh, we are out uh, on making sure we're on the radar. The project is on the radar for that kind of thing. We are um, uh, 
giving a presentation, Sasha Yakubchuk is giving a presentation at a mining conference next week, actually, in Moscow. Uh, so our objective is to make it bigger and find a partner, uh, a substantial financial company with deep pockets that would bring the project into production. Okay, and would you? Uh, how about how about status? Uh, when when could investors, when you guys expand, finish the drilling program up, and and expand things, uh, and results come in? How far out on this project are you guys looking at uh, a preliminary economic assessment? Uh, well, it sort of depends, really. It depends how successful our um, our, our drilling is. We don't actually have uh, plans for a new PEA uh, at, at this point because uh, with our limited amount of dollars at the moment, it, they're better spent on on demonstrating the size of the project. As, as you know, we did a, a preliminary economic assessment in 2016 that showed the project to be very economic at, at that point, um, but the dollars are better spent, in, in my view, on on showing the size of the project, not doing uh, necessarily more engineering studies. I'm not ruling that out, but at the moment we are focused on size. Okay, and and Michael, what's your opinion on uh, on on where this is headed? Do you, do you guys see that there there is a lot of uh, uncovered potential at this point? Uh, indeed, we do. Um, you know, the the big uh, project in that area, Udakan, um, is 26.7 million tons of copper, believe it or not. I mean, this is a monstrous deposit. I'm not saying that we're going to get uh, the Encore project to that kind of level, but we're only at around half a million tons of copper at the moment. Um, but if you look at the various, the scale of the geological uh, environment of uh, Udakan and Angkor, they're very similar. I mean, the strike length and the, the dimensions of the, of the mineralization are in the same scale. So uh, I think that uh, you know the scales of projects in this part of the world are potentially enormous. So I think we're only you know it's a cliche, but we're you know seeing the top of the iceberg here, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, in in terms of our exploration efforts and some of the maps you'll see online and some of the the, the maps we'll be releasing from our current geophysical survey will will demonstrate that the the size of the uh, of the of the project itself which is an enormous chunk of ground by the way um, what we're showing that the potential for other areas of mineralization are very extensive on on the property. Well, Michael, why now should investors be looking at Arzaga? Um, what would you say to potential investors who are listening? Well, I'd say this is an ideal opportunity to jump in with both feet. I mean, we we have got this money. Uh, we've done a ge geophysical survey which helps direct uh, our drilling efforts, and we just started drilling. Um, that's an ideal time with a, a company such as Arzaga that has a project with a potential big upside to jump in at, at these low levels, these eight, nine cent uh, levels, uh, because we will be having drawing results over the next few months, and we'll be demonstrating the size of this project uh, over the next few months. So to me, this would be a very opportune time.
Right, and it and it uh, you guys are probably at a seven eight million uh, market cap Canadian, um, so certainly a, a lower level at this point. Well, Michael, That's how right. can investors uh, reach out to you uh, and to the company for more information? My email address. I'm happy to hear from investors. Um, my email address is Michael at Azaga Metals or one word dot com. The website www of course azagametals.com. Okay. Well, Michael, that sounds good. I appreciate the information and, and uh, good luck with progress at Azarga Metals. And thanks for taking the time with us. All right, Andrew, a pleasure to speak to you.